Welcome to broadcast number 80 and the beginning of season 6 of Indie Radio. Indie Radio is an indie game development talk show that airs bi-weekly on Saturdays at noon U.S. Central Time to help you keep up with the ever-evolving world of indie game development, debate about issues in the indie game scene, and to let you into the mind of some of the most interesting people behind the creation of indie games. Today is October 8th, 2016, and I'll be your host, Brett Hudson, broadcasting live from the U.S. West Coast. And I am Ian Jones, and I will be co-hosting live from the East Coast of the United States. Hi, I'm Henry Smith. I'm in Montreal, and I made the game Space Team. Indie Radio is separated into two chunks. First, the news, and second, the interview. Before we begin the news, we'd like to remind those listening live that we have an IRC channel available for listeners to suggest topics, link news articles we may have missed, ask questions, and chat with us. If you're interested in joining the IRC channel, you can find an iframe at the bottom of the radio page on IndieFunction.com. Otherwise, you can join our channel via your own IRC client on the afternet.org network using channel IndieFunction, I-N-D-I-E, Function. So uh, we're going to jump into our news. The last broadcast we did was towards the beginning of June. Uh, So there's been about four months of things that have happened. Um, No Man's Sky has finally come out, and... uh, Remember, that was that was one of the huge highlights that happened this summer. There's a whole fiasco over that. Um, I don't think we need to go too much into detail with that. Uh, but there are some festivals that happened recently. Um, there was EGX in... Um, where was it? Uh, I forgot the exact town, but uh, it was in the UK. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about it for the summer. It was a pretty uneventful uh, summer in the indie game scene. But right now, um, I was thinking we could also do a little recap on what uh, what was going on for for us over the summer. Um, so, Ian, are you ready? I, we're going to do like 15 seconds per person. So you got to sum up your entire summer in 15 seconds. I, I wish I were more prepared for this. Okay. Yeah, All right. impromptu. <laughs> uh, so 15 seconds. All right. So we moved, we, I moved into uh, an apartment with one of my friends, Jared Cohn, who is an artist, and we're working on some games together, and I'm now located in California after that huge road trip that I did this past spring, and yeah. Okay, yeah, and uh, I, I started working, and so I did that throughout the summer, I went to the beach a couple of times, and then I died. And then you died. Yeah, kind of anticlimactic, perhaps, but... Is what it is. Eh, summer happens. All right. So the first news topic of the two that we found um, is uh, GDC 2017 registration opens. So you can now register your games for GDC 2017. Bet you couldn't tell that from the title. But they do have early bird pricing uh, discounts up to thirty percent if you want to register by. Uh, they don't have the date listed here, but I'm guessing it's within the next two months or so. Usually they cut it off around the middle of November, if I recall correctly. Um, I opened up the page, so we'll find out in a second. Uh, but passes, such as the Indie Game Summit Pass, are in limited amounts, just as they have been in previous years. So if you're interested, do not uh, hesitate to pick up some tickets. Uh, this year's GDC runs from February 27th through March 3rd, 2017 the Moscone Center in San Francisco, California. 
and they are once again going to have the exhibits such as VRDC, which was the virtual reality developer conference that was held last year, um, and possibly the year before, I can't not remember, uh, but it's a sister conference that's focused on virtual reality that happens alongside the main conference. Uh, they also have some new features this year. Uh, there are curated playable areas at the event from different groups such as Alt Control GDC, Indie Megabooth, Day of the Devs, Wild Rumpus, and there's a brand new GDC Retro Play Retro Gaming area, um, which is currently looking for submissions. So you can also submit there. And uh, looking at it right now, it's uh, free, free to submit. So anybody can just go do that. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, and then there's new focus summits and deep dives on the Monday and Tuesday of GDC, including the all-new UX summit. And then there's also a brand new GDC movie night series with screenings of specially themed movies taking place on site at the event on Monday and Tuesday evening. So lots of cool stuff happening at the GDC. And of course, they're also having the 19th annual uh, IGF, Independent Games Festival, at the conference. Have you ever attended GDC, Henry? Uh, yeah, I've been uh, a bunch of times. Um, uh, I can't remember. L- last time must have been a few years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Since I've been indie, I, I I went once with Space Team uh, when mm-hmm. they invited me as part of the IGF. Uh, it must have been in 2013. But um, I haven't since then. I haven't had a lot of, um, <laughs> of budget for, for conferences. So I usually I usually go when I'm when I'm invited uh, mm-hmm. to to exhibit or 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 someone helps me pay for pay for the trip. But uh, but yeah, GDC is uh, is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, traveling to conferences is a huge expense, especially if you have a booth. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Luckily, the, the last uh, couple of conferences I've been to, um, uh, I've had some help. Like they've either helped pay for the flight or the hotel, and so uh, so yeah, it was, uh, it was it's easier for me to make it work. Nice. And I believe you went to Indicade one year, right? Yeah, I did that first. The first year Space Team came out, I, I went to about nine different festivals uh, uh, across the U.S. and and, and a couple uh, uh, internationally. Um, so it was a bit of a whirlwind tour, and it was. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Indicade was. I went to Indicade. I've been to Indicade East a couple of times in New York. Which oh yeah. is easier to get to from Montreal. But, oh yeah, um, but yeah, close. and I went to the main Indicade in L.A. Um, also, also that year, twenty thirteen. Uh, and I, I gave some talks about Space Team, and I was I was showing the game at, at a booth there. Um, yeah, it was very fun. It was one, of, yeah, one of my favorite conferences. Yeah, uh, the next Indicate conference uh, is actually happening next weekend, and that's our next news topic. So, yeah, Indicate 2016. It's I believe their seventh year. Hmm. Uh, does not say. Oh, ninth year. You know, odd numbers. I'm just one off. If we're going off of odd numbers. <laughs> So yeah, Indicade 2016 is happening uh, across the 14th to the 16th, and technically the 13th too, if you go to the Indie Exchange. Uh, and it's happening uh, out in Los Angeles. They changed their venue this year. It's happening at the University of Southern California. Um, instead of the uh, parking lot that they've been occupying previous years, uh, alongside the firehouse and city hall. Um, so it'll be interesting to see a change of venue because every year that I've gone, I've gone 2014 and 2015, it's always been there. Um, and I'm assuming it's been there for quite a while, so it'll be an interesting change of pace. 
But uh, day passes are available to purchase, and if you do come out, you can try to find me somewhere, uh, if you wish, and say hi. Um, but yeah, we'll be covering the indie game or the IndieCade conference next weekend, um, checking out all the games and doing some interviews with some cool developers. But we've got a cool developer on air already, so let's jump into the interview today. So Henry, you have worked on a game, Space Team. Um, you want to give the the story of how that started? Uh, sure. So four years ago now, uh, I, I quit my industry job. I, I'd worked uh, in the big game industry for about 10 years, uh, mostly at Bioware uh, as a user interface programmer. Uh, but I wanted to make uh, make my own games. Um, uh, I always had ideas for side projects mm-hmm. uh, uh, while, while I was there, and uh, and so I decided to take a, a year off to uh, and live off my savings to uh, to make uh, make games on my own. And so that was four years ago, and I'm still I'm still sustainable uh, today. So it's uh, it went it went better than I expected. Um, but yeah, my first game was was Space Team. It was supposed to just be a a short practice project that I could finish in a, in a month or two. Because <laughs> um, uh, because I had had much more ambitious game in mind, but I I I I think I correctly estimated that if I if I started with a really ambitious game, then it would probably take me like five years to make, and I'd run out of money, and I'd be really depressed, and uh, I wouldn't have anything to show for it. So I forced myself to make a really small game, and that turned out to be Space Team, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, I've been supporting it all this time, which has been um, which has been. Uh, a huge adventure. I mean, it wasn't what I expected, but it was. Uh, it's been really fun. Yeah. And, uh, and the reason I'm supporting it is because there are still new people interested in it and discovering it and downloading it. And so, I don't want to just. Uh, I don't want to just abandon it. Um, so yeah, I'm finally now, uh, just like this last week or so, starting to move on to uh, to my next game. Um, but it's been uh, it's been hard to tear myself away from the space team. Yeah, four years is a small project for you. How long is the next game going to take? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I've I've definitely learned learned some things about uh, about time management and estimation, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep this one, uh, the development time at least, is short. I'm trying to keep it to sort of like six months development mm-hmm. maybe, um, but um, but I still have to support Space Team a little bit uh, while I'm going while I'm going. But yeah, I've uh, I definitely learned that uh, uh, keep things as small as possible because. They're going to take three times as long as you think, even in your worst case uh, predictions. Um, I mean, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just terrible at predicting things. Uh, no, but, uh, no. But no. I think I think it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty common that people underestimate how long things will take. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. agree. Um, one and, thing that I found useful is trying to always create the minimal viable product, just the simplest, dumbest version, and then add stuff if you need. Yeah, yeah, and and I think. I think you'll find out probably more often than not that you don't have time to add anything, and and what you have is is good enough. Mm-hmm. But it's it's also there's also a certain amount of uh, like like uh, uh, pride about releasing something that feels unfinished to you if you have these if you have these grandiose visions of what what it might be, and you, you don't you know you you're not as comfortable releasing a, like an early pro- version or a work in progress. But mm-hmm. um, and so I think a lot of indies get trapped in that in that cycle of like sort of perfectionism and and wanting to add add one more thing and. And getting feedback, and then and then trying to trying to accommodate everyone's suggestions, and I oh, like, yeah, I should really do this. Um, oh, that shader it's, doesn't it's, look it's that definitely... good anymore. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that shader doesn't look any 
or good anymore. So I, I got to fix that. Too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Redoing the art like three times before ship. Yeah. No, I think a lot of people have that have that problem and. Uh, and it's it's just a really it's a really hard skill to learn to know when to when to stop and when to when to cut things and when to when to ship. Um, and even after yeah you know, being in the industry for ten years, I'm still learning that. Should I give a, an explanation of of the game space team uh, for the for the listeners? Um, that would probably be a good place to start because yeah, I'm we, about to ask you a ton of questions about it. Okay. <laughs> so, so for those who haven't haven't played it, it's um it's a cooperative shouting game. Um, it's played with uh, phones and tablets, uh, and you play in the same room as other people. It's local multiplayer, so there's no single-player mode and no internet play. Uh, so, uh, but that's an important part of the game. It's, it involves a lot of face-to-face interaction. You're trying to fly a spaceship together with your friends, um, and each person has a control panel on their screen with buttons and switches and sliders and dials uh, with, uh, with ridiculous names. And uh, and so um, you get instructions on your on your screen uh, that you have to follow, like set the flux capacitor to seven, or you know uh, entertain dignitaries, um, and you have to follow the instructions. But sometimes they are referring to someone else's screen, so you have to coordinate and communicate with your team members to keep the ship flying. And so it usually degenerates into hysterical shouting. Uh, and you, you last for about five or ten minutes, and then your ship explodes. But then you all get a medal, um, so uh, <laughs> it's all worth it. And in the meantime, your ship is falling apart, and there are asteroids, and you're being chased by an exploding star. So it's like a, it's like kind of like a, a an episode of Star Trek where everything's going horribly wrong. Yo, one of my one of my favorite things uh, when introducing the game to people is how difficult it is to describe. It's like uh, you yell at each other and you give each other commands and you're you're flying this ship <laughs> it's really hard to sell them on it at first and I'm like no just just play around you'll you'll see and then an hour later we're we're finally deciding that we spent way too much time and we need to uh, need to get on with our day <laughs> yeah that's great to hear um, yeah it's uh, I, I, I I sort of gradually uh, improved my pitch my elevated pitch over the years um uh, yeah, that was, that description was kind of a, a longer one, but usually I just say cooperative shouting game, and people are intrigued by that because it sounds <laughs> unusual. Um, but yeah, people people get I think people get the idea uh, very quickly when they if they see other people playing it, um, uh, and uh, it only takes it only takes like ten seconds to to learn how to play. So I think that's one of the that's one of the strengths of the game. Pretty so- accessible. So did you go in thinking, you know, oh, hey, I want to make a game that's all about communication uh, between players in the real world um, while they're interacting with this virtual display? Is that is that kind of the concept that you went into? Or rather, did you have the idea for the game, or did you have the concept of what type of game you wanted to make first? Well, I knew I, I, knew I wanted to make a... a co-op game because uh, mm-hmm. there, there aren't a lot of still aren't a lot of co-op games there's, there's more now but um but i really enjoy them um and uh and so i wanted to make something that was small I, uh, I, as i said i forced i forced myself to do something really really small in scope so that i could a so that i could finish it but um but also just so it could uh it could act as a practice project and i could move on to other things um and so uh, and so I wanted to, a game that felt like uh, a board game uh, had that kind of social dynamic of people 
sitting face to face interacting with each other because I was a big, I'm a big fan of board games and I have like board game nights every every week. Uh, and uh, and I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of potential for taking ideas from from board games and there's a lot of like interactions and moments mm-hmm. and, and experiences that I, I get with board games that I I'd like to see uh, in with video games and I think I think it's we can use technology and and to facilitate that kind of play dynamic um, uh, in interesting ways. So I was uh, so yeah I knew I wanted to do something cooperative. I, I mean, I didn't actually want to do a network game because I'm not a very good network programmer. It's still really annoying to me to test and debug network code. Um, so that's my least favorite part of the game. And, um, and uh, yeah, maybe against my better judgment, I'm, I'm, my, my next game is also going to be a network game. But, uh, <laughs> hopefully, I mean, I'll be, I'm, I'm sharing a lot of the code from Space Team, so, so it's going to be much, that side's going to be much easier. Mm-hmm. But, um, but no, when I first made Space Team, uh, yeah, I wanted to do something cooperative. Um, I was... Uh, uh, I had various inspirations from board games and from like, sci- I mean, I've always loved sci-fi, uh, especially like, you know, like, like funny sci-fi or, or stuff that's not super serious, mm-hmm. like Doc- Doctor Who or Red Dwarf or I- even Star Trek. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not quite as serious and dark as other sci-fi shows. Um, but um, uh, and I was inspired by uh, uh, Doug Wilson's game Johann Sebastian Joust, which is which is played with. Uh, PlayStation Move controllers, but in a physical space, mm-hmm. and you have to move around and uh, jostle other people's controllers. Um, as a super fun sort of folk, digital folk game, um, and, it, and it got me realizing that we have, like, we can use these devices. We can connect them together. We have Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Like so many people have smartphones these days. Why, why, why don't we have more games that use use people's phones in a, in like just a uh, and connect them locally? And play something together, like we'll have our phones, or at a party, or a bar, or a road trip, or something. There should be something we can all play together with our phones. And so I wanted to experiment with with that. And um, and and yeah, and then, then the seed of the seed of the game actually came to me in, in a dream where I uh, uh, it wasn't quite the game Space Team, but it was uh, it was uh, it was a, some kind of game or, or or thing where where something would a word would appear on on a screen and then. And then it had to be responded to in another place, and so you had to you had to talk to someone uh, in order to get that to happen. And and so that idea of like of one person seeing something and having to shout instructions to someone else was the, the seed of the game. And and so I started from that point, and 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 immediately I could sort of tell that there was something interesting there about that interaction. And so I I tried to build um, I tried to build on from there uh, and and ju- and keep it very constrained. And so I didn't add too much. Uh, I wanted to sort of keep the essential, uh, like foundation of the game, uh, just just that kind of interaction, a simple interaction. So I did add things that w- had to do with like adding chaos or humor to the whole uh, experience. But um, but I, I also cut a lot of ideas that I thought might be might be fun to add, but I didn't have time. You you cut ideas. So, sorry. <laughs> you you said you cut ideas. I yeah I cut certain ideas. Like I had I had certain things that I wanted to. Um, like I wanted to maybe uh, have have a, a bit more depth, where you would ex- explore planets between, like every sector, you would the ship would advance through through the galaxy, and you'd and you could land on planets, and uh, and uh, and I had a bunch, whole bunch of other controls that I wanted to use, like uh, maybe uh, uh, a simultaneous like uh, uh, keys and keyholes, oh. and you turn them together, kind of like you're activating, oh, uh, like some kind of high security weapon or something, or mm-hmm. uh, or a, 
maybe like a, a glass case that you have to flip up uh, uh, to pre- <laughs> before you're pressing the button. Like there are a lot of interest, like cool ideas I had for for control panels, uh, but I ended up just uh, sticking with sort of the basic familiar types of sliders and, and dials that, that people are used to. Uh, because I didn't want, ha- I don't have anything that needed that sort of tutorial in order to ha- use it. I wanted people to immediately uh, see how to operate something like, oh, you just press or you just slide. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that was it. Was pretty important to keep it keep it accessible. Yeah, anybody can just jump in and play. Um, I mean, yeah, after they wipe away the slime and you know put the panels back in place, and <laughs> I guess that also kind of. I'm curious about how you came up with all of the names for these things because some of them are all very kind of mishmash of sci-fi words and then there's also some thrown in that are very um, kind of like mundane tasks that like everyone has to do but it's just really weird to suddenly see filed taxes or something show up yeah. or, uh, or having the other things of like uh, edit a Wikipedia page like that type of Wife kind windows. of strange activity <laughs> thrown into everything else yeah absolutely um so yeah, it started. It started just with the uh, the techno babble, the sci-fi techno babble, because um, I was uh, I, at, at the time I was or, I was already working on this on this ambitious game that I I mentioned, which was it was also a, a space game, uh, but it was a lot more in depth. It was about exploration, and and you could uh, you could you know jump between jump between little solar systems and 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 go and explore planets and meet other ships, and so. But I wanted a randomly generated uh, galaxy, um, and so I was experimenting with naming naming algorithms, and so I could so we could generate names of solar systems and planets and stars and so on. And so I had this random name generator, uh, and I decided to uh, repurpose, repurpose it for Space Team uh, to instead of generating names for galaxies and planets, to generate uh, control names, and uh, and there. Were, and I, I, I already had an idea of the kind of, kind of silly sort of sci-fi uh, jargon that I wanted to use because I mean they use it all the time on Star Trek. It's a, it's a, it's a th- it's a trope, right? It's, an, it's a it's a trope of sci-fi that people use like words that sound vaguely scientific but mm-hmm. aren't really, and they some of them are clearly just made up or used in the wrong, uh, you know, purpose, used for the wrong purpose. And so, uh, and a lot of them are just combinations of other words like you know, uh, like flux generator or, or meta probe or something and so so it was pretty easy just to come up with a bunch of uh, prefixes and suffixes and then just combine them in different ways um, now I had to I, 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 it's pr- pretty easy to make that seem repetitive so I had to add, I had to add have a pretty large list of words to draw from but um, but yeah in the, in the in the weeks that I was building space team I would just like every day if I was at a cafe or something and I'd think of a new word oh, I need to Add this word. Like, I need to have a defibrillator in the game. It's got to be there. Uh, and then I would just add it to a list, and I, I the list would just grow and grow and grow, and I'd keep adding to the to the generator. And then, uh, and so eventually, there was enough uh, variety uh, variation that um, that came up with some really like funny and uh, and ridiculous sounding gibberish. And I had to do a bit of you know massaging by hand to remove remove like. Uh, really repetitive names or, or silly sounding names, and uh, and 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 on the flip side, I would I would if I found a name that sounded really good, uh, I would try and make that happen more or add add more names of that in that pattern. Um, so uh, so yeah, when I was happy with that, it just uh, it uh, then 
we had this other idea. I can't remember if this was one of the uh, one of my playtesters or not. I think because I yeah I had I had uh, weekly playtests as the game was uh, uh, nearing completion, where I'd invite people around for potluck and also to test the game. And um, and I think someone came up with the idea of adding these mundane actions, like you know, in addition to uh, you know, uh, defibrillating the uh, the warp generator, you can also pet the dog or you know wash the dishes or <laughs> eulogize the previous crew oh, yeah. entertain, entertain the guests uh, so yeah and 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 so it was obviously uh, I knew it, that was a great idea and and it definitely takes you by surprise adds adds a uh, an additional element of humor in the game as you while you're trying to do all the uh, complicated techno babble then and you have to suddenly mop the floors or something uh, so yeah, I knew that was uh, I knew that was uh, a pretty pretty cool idea. So that was, uh, was easy to add, um, and uh, and yeah, and now there's uh, as as one of the rewards for the Space Team Admirals Club campaign, people can add their own um, phrases as well to the oh. game. So that's uh, okay. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was really fun to just come up with those words, and and, and yeah, for a while every every update I did, I would add a, an, another batch. Uh, because uh, yeah, it's just adding words to a list, right? It's a super easy update. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, and, and honestly, I have to say, I think it makes it a little—at uh, least in my experience—it's made it a little more difficult. Weirdly enough, when I get one of those uh, ones that isn't generated, just because there's the extra second or two of laughing about why it's <laughs> one of the instructions. But um, yeah, but well, also, something... sorry, go on. I was going to say that that yeah the uh, when you when you laugh at something it actually makes the game more difficult. That's that's basically a like a self-selecting difficulty level is mm-hmm. to be able to control yourself, control your laughter, because otherwise you don't have time to solve the instructions. Yeah, and trying to balance that with, of course, you know, it's a game. You're still having fun, but it's yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, and and then I guess part of the other uh, aspect of that is that. There's uh, there's the points where it starts throwing in uh, various symbols, and I think that was that's a very interesting challenge. And so I was curious how you got the idea to do that. Yeah, I th- that was I think that was another idea that came out of these uh, playtest uh, potlucks, um, <laughs> uh, adding symbols. And it was it's it, you know it sounded like a, a cool gimmick at first, but then I realized that it was a it was a really interesting uh, change in the way you in the way you thought about things because you know when the symbols come up, you have to like your brain has to change the way it processes things because not you don't you're not just reading text anymore now you have to interpret the symbol figure out what you think it looks like and then describe it to someone else and 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 maybe that means you're you're describing it maybe you know what it is but it actually looks like something else and so you use that description because you think it's going to be more likely for other people to guess but um but yeah the symbol mode is uh, uh, is is a really interesting way to play it's one of my favorite ways to play the game um because you can yeah there's a mode that you can activate um, in the upgrades menu that lets you just play with only symbols the whole game, uh, and uh, and yeah, that can be really fun to. Is that just in the new two point or has that been there forever? No, that's been there forever. But uh, but the uh, the symbols normally they would just come up randomly as you play, like mm-hmm. like on on one sector might be symbols, uh, but if you uh, if you uh, buy the upgrades, which is like a five dollar. Don't, like tip jar basically uh, in the game, then right. you can get a bunch of uh, uh, extra features like the um, like the symbol mode and a few extra challenges. But um, 
but nothing that like affects the, uh, the the main the main game too much. You can play. You, main game is free, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, if you like it, then you can uh, you can send me a tip and you get some uh, some cool rewards for it. So I recently stumbled upon the um, ESL version of the game. I believe it's yep. that's the acronym. Yeah, yeah, it's basically ESL. Second language. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's... The, I've been um, studying Swedish for the past six months. Um, and I just started learning Dutch. And I believe Ian's been on some language adventures as well. I've been learning German for like three months now, so... Oh, okay. So yeah, when I when I stumbled upon those, it, it really sparked my interest. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I was wondering if that was something that came out of Space Team, or if you went in... Um, or rather... Where along the line did you realize that that was an option that you could uh, create a variant, a space team that allowed people to learn learn a language? Yeah, that certainly wasn't my original intention. I was not trying to make a, an educational game, and uh, and so I was very surprised when, when it came out and when it took off that uh, people were using it in all these different contexts. Like teachers and students were using it to uh, uh, to help the kids with communication. Because you have to work as a team in order to play the game well, and it really, it really sort of shows people's true characters if they're really dominant personality, uh, or if they're if they're a little bit shyer, then uh, then the game kind of brings that out. And so teachers and students were already using the game, and I was I I, I was amazed to get all these uh, all these messages from people. But then uh, but then the ESL version came uh, came about because of I was playing. I was playing frisbee with someone who worked at Concordia University in Montreal, and uh, and I told them about the game, and uh, and they were working in um, in uh, a research position to do with video games and learning, and and so we we started talking about it, and and it was their idea to make make this version for teaching teaching English, and it ended up working out really well because the game. Um, uh, like it, it doesn't. It's not great at teaching basic basic English vocabulary, and mm-hmm. uh, because it's still the ESL version is basically the same game, except it's it has regular English words rather than gibberish. Um, and so it'll be like you know, unlock the red door or or pick up pick up the the dog or something. Um, and and yeah, the way it works is the first the first level is the is uh, or playing if you play on level one, then it's uh, it draws from the 1,000 most common English words, and you can go to level two, and it'll pick from the 2,000 most common words, and so it goes up like that, uh, up to level five. Um, but but the the thing with Space Team is that you're when you, when you play, you're simultaneously uh, reading off the screen, but also speaking to other people and listening at the same time, and you're doing all three simultaneously. So um, so it really it helps with um, with fluency rather than rather than other kinds of um, language skills um it helps if you like if you because you can read you can do all this theory and read and you know do the rosetta stone or duolingo or something when you're mm-hmm. learning a language and and uh, and you'll learn you'll learn basic vocabulary and you'll learn how to pronounce things but um they they don't have a sort of a, a communication like a communication component where you're actually talking to other people um but if you're playing space team then you have to talk to other people in order to <laughs> survive in the game and so you're you have this excuse to speak out loud in a in a 
potentially a foreign language. Um, and you have to be understood and you have to listen at the same time and, and catch what people are saying. But you also have to read. And so you have this reinforcement about you know, you're reading something and, and also hearing it. And, um, and so, yeah, they, they, uh, they did some, they did research. They built these, um, uh, this is the group at Concordia that was working with me. Um, and there's a, there's a like, PhD candidate who's doing her research on the game and, and how, how it's being used. Um, so, yeah, I was really happy with how it turned out. Um, and it was never my intention, but, but it was, uh, I was glad to be involved in that kind of thing because, I mean, a lot of people try and, try and make educational games and they don't do very well. And so, when it's, so it's great when people like try find an existing game and, and then find a way of using it for educational purposes because then people enjoy playing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it, it works so well too because if you're playing the game, uh, you know, learning a, a second language, uh, it's in a fast-paced environment, so nobody cares if you're making mistakes, really. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know, you, you screw up, it just adds to the fun of the game. Everybody laughs. Yeah. In fact, that uh, even before the ESL version, um, I was, uh, and before I had the game is now translated into sixteen languages, I think. So, um, uh, so, um, so you can play it in other languages now. You could play in German. I, I, there's no Swedish yet, but um, but uh, it has uh, a lot of. Right. Learn German, Brad. <laughs> I'm learning Dutch. But Dutch is on the list. <laughs> Dutch is actually there, yeah. So, uh, but they're not they're not overtly uh, educational. They're not. It's not Dutch as a second language. It's just just you've got to play the game in Dutch. And it's probably very difficult. Um, but um, but uh, but even before I had a lot of different languages, uh, yeah, I had uh, someone had played the game. Uh, someone from Japan. I was, was speaking with them about the game. And uh, and they said, oh, wow, I've been playing it with with, uh, with kids in my school, and I said, oh, I'm sorry, there's no Japanese version yet, but I'm trying to work on one. And, and they said, no, no, keep it in English. We, like everyone in Japan wants to learn English, and this and the, but they're very shy about speaking, and so this gives them an excuse to 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 actually come out of their shell and and use the language, because yeah, it's like you said, it's a uh, it's a very informal uh, like low that's I guess I was gonna say low pressure. It's very high stress, but it's uh, it's uh, no one. Yeah, no one is like judging you or, or correcting you. You're just you're just trying to uh, trying to communicate until you're understood, and then and then that's good enough. Huh. Wow. So, oh, man. So I, I'm guessing you have stats for how many countries have downloaded the uh, the game, right? Uh, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can get stats from iTunes Connect and, and Google Play Console. Um, I haven't I haven't looked at the number of countries recently, but I can try logging into that. My, okay, it's uh, not that big, like big of a deal. But I was wondering right. what some of the uh, the countries were that were like towards the top because you mentioned Japan, and that was like, whoa, you know, this game literally is yeah. all over the world. Um, so I think the ones I've been, I mean, no, the, the top countries are the ones you expect, like U.S., Canada, United Kingdom, Australia. Uh, Philippines is quite high. Um, I think I think there must be a lot of English speakers in the Philippines, um, which is probably why. But um, mm-hmm. but um, uh, yeah, mostly I mean mostly the languages that I tra- that I localize to um, are, are the ones that uh, I see the most the most uh, downloads from because I mean that's often what motivates the translations um, uh, mm-hmm. and, but in fact all my translations are done by volunteers from the community so if someone says I love your game I want to translate it into Italian I, I'll, I'll say sure here, here are the, it's, it's quite complicated so good luck but, uh, <laughs> but here's the materials 
Um, and uh, yeah, and some people, some people I just never hear from again, and, and other people are, like don't have time, or they do a bit of it and then they they stop. But um, but but yeah, the oh, the sixteen translations I mentioned, they've all come from volunteers. And so if anyone if anyone listening uh, uh, wants to play Space Team in their language and, uh, and and is interested in contributing a translation, then uh, just send me an email and I'd be happy to hook you up. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the list now. The uh, the top yeah the top countries uh, are the English speaking like Western world, mm-hmm. uh, Germany, uh, Philippines, France, Brazil, uh, India. Um, but um, I think it, I think it changes. I mean, um, uh, yeah, there hasn't been anything that's uh, super surprising. I mean, I think it's probably it probably mirrors the uh, similar like demographics of other other mobile games. Um, but uh, but the I mean I guess the I guess the the, the the surprising languages that that have contacted me are um, uh, well Hebrew. There's a Hebrew translation now, what? which was un- unusual because um, uh, I, I wouldn't expect there to be a lot of a lot of people playing in that in that language. Um, uh, and it was it was it was a little more difficult to uh, to. To make that translation because it's a right-to-left language, mm-hmm. and so I had to uh, had to change a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of the sort of text fields in the game so that they so that they were displayed in the correct direction. And some of the screens, some of the user interface screens, I had to modify to make that work. Um, and so um, so yeah, I don't know whether it's uh, it was like worth it in terms of uh, return on investment, uh, <laughs> but uh, but it was certainly worth it in terms of you know making the fans happy because. Because uh, yeah, they they approached me and said I want to translate the game to Hebrew, and it's uh, um, I have no idea uh, how good the translation is for many of these languages because I don't uh, I don't speak them. But um, but yeah, they seem to be pretty happy with it. And in fact, now that version two has come out, which is a major change, that, um, uh, I've had some bug reports that the Hebrew is is actually broken and it's displaying left to right, and so I have to fix that oh, now. No. But it means that people are playing it in that language, so. Yeah, it's that's kind of surprising. Yeah. So, has there been any other game-breaking bugs since you re-released in two point Yeah, it's had a pretty rocky launch. Um, uh, when I, I mean, everything changed because I, I rebuilt the whole game in in the Unity game engine mm-hmm. um, in order to fix some Android problems because um, the original game was iOS only, and then the Android port was done by another company. Uh, but now. Uh, there, that company is no longer around, or they well, they they ended my contract, and so I can't. Um, I I'm, I became responsible for the Android version myself, and it was it started to it started to to have more bugs, and then eventually uh, it just started to crash on startup and newer Android phones. So um, so I was in this difficult decision. I had to I didn't want to abandon the Android players, mm-hmm. but um, but I was also trying to move on from Space Team to my new games. So I. I had to make a call about how to save it, and I decided to keep it alive, um, and uh, and also learn Unity at the same time uh, as an investment in my own you know, future career. And so, so yeah, I rebuilt the whole game in, in Unity, but it took a lot longer than I thought. I was been working on that for the last nine months, basically, and it finally came out. But uh, but because it was so many things had changed, and I and it was hard, and I didn't do I didn't do as much. Uh, you know, QA as the original game had gone through, because I was I was eager to you know get it out as soon as possible so that people could actually play again, and that it wasn't crashing. Um, 
so yeah, it was a it was a shaky shaky launch. There was some install install problems on Android, and uh, and people couldn't uh, some people couldn't restore their previous purchases if they had bought this uh, the upgrades. And I think there's a there's a bug that seems to on on iOS that seems to just crash when uh, on certain devices just as you just as you die in the game. So just before it shows you the stats and the medals. <laughs> Uh, so you can at least play, but it seems that when you when you crash in the game, you crash in real life. Um, so uh, so yeah, I have to fix these things, um, and I also have to add Bluetooth back in, um, which was uh, which was in the original game, but uh, I I postponed it uh, for the new game because it was much harder to do in Unity. So uh, um, but a lot of people are uh, asking asking where it went and and begging me to put it back in. So so that's one of my new priorities. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's good to be done with this with version 2.0 because it's been a long time coming, and and a bunch of Android players can now play the game. Some some of them for the first time because it works again somewhat, uh, and it means I can finally move on to my my next game, which I've been looking forward to for a couple of years now. Sure. But, so uh, uh, we're we're gonna jump back to Bluetooth for a second. Uh, the Bluetooth mode allows iOS and Android players to play together. Can they currently play together over Wi-Fi? Uh, actually, uh, it's it's the reverse. They can, they can play together over Wi-Fi right now, but not over Bluetooth. That's um, what it was. Uh, yeah, uh, and so the yeah so the new game version two point doesn't have Bluetooth at all. I'm going to add it as soon as possible. Mm. But um, but the original game uh, you could play over Bluetooth, but only uh, only on the same platform. So iPhones could play with other iPhones, and Androids could play with other Androids. But there was no cross-platform Bluetooth, uh, and some people have asked me about that, and I would love to, I'd love to make it work. But as far as I know, it's technically impossible for <laughs> iPhones and Androids to talk to each other over Bluetooth. I mean, I mean, there's not it's theoretically it's possible, but uh, but I, I assume that due to security restrictions, Apple has it locked down so that you can't, so that in order to communicate with another device of Bluetooth, you have to be, uh, you know, either a special, um, like, registered uh, accessory, like a Bluetooth headset or something. So you have to, like, register for that program, maybe pay them a licensing fee, I'm not sure. Um, and so iPhones can talk to other iPhones because, you know, they both have this license or this special pr- privilege, but, like um, but they Apple can't connect to... <laughs> yeah, I, I think as far as I know, it's just it's just uh, it's something that Apple has at the system level. I mean, it's possible that Google has something similar, but um, but yeah, there's really no there's no um, there's no reason for them not to be able to connect together. And I would love to have other ways to connect because because uh, often you're I mean, for your Mac Space Team, you can play you can play it at the beach or in the, at the cottage or somewhere where you don't have any any internet uh, or, or Wi-Fi. And uh, and the phones, you know, your phones have all these all these different radios in them. So it's uh, it's a bit frustrating that I can't make use of them all. But um, but who knows? Maybe that'll change soon. I know that some people, are, um, uh, some of the handset makers are starting to add Wi-Fi Direct. I think, which is a, a way of using Wi-Fi without a, a router, without internet, oh, yeah. um, which would be ideal for Space Team. And I think uh, Bluetooth Low Energy is also. Uh, a thing that's being more supported now, uh, and I think I'll be able to use that maybe for uh, for Bluetooth connections. I'm not sure, but um, but it's not as easy as you'd expect. To... And I think if there were more games like this, then it would and they would probably make it easier. But um, 
but yeah, at the moment there isn't like there aren't a lot of applications for it, I guess. So so it hasn't been a big priority for the for the big companies. Well, you heard it here first. World, uh, you need to go out and make more Bluetooth games so Henry can get <laughs> Bluetooth support for Space Steam. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. I mean, I right now there's. Uh, I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm trying to look for Unity plugins that I make make Bluetooth uh, connections easier. Um, and I, th- I think I found one for Android, but I'm I'm still not convinced that the the iOS one is uh, is going to be trivial. I might have to spend a bit more time on that. But um, yeah, I wish there was some kind of library that you can that would make all this stuff easier. I'm uh, I and to, to that end, I'm I'm I've already open sourced um, the networking code for Space Team. Um, I have it on GitHub. So if you want to make a game like Space Team, you check out the Captain's Mess library. Um, <laughs> Captain's it's Mess. It's still in Captain's Mess. Yeah, it's, it's like a kind of a joke about you know Cap- the mess on a ship is is where everyone comes together uh, to socialize and interact, right? To eat eat food, and uh, but also um, right now the code is a bit of a mess because um, uh, it's still in development. So. Uh, so so yeah, it's uh, it's still it's still not. Like at 1.0 release, but um, uh, but yeah, I'm 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 using it for Space Team, and I'm using it for my new game Labyrinth, and uh, and I'm hoping that other people will use it for other cool uh, local multiplayer games, and hopefully also help me with some of the code because um, as I said, it's my least favorite part of programming Space Team. Um, so yeah, Captain's Mess and GitHub is available for free. Uh, you can check it out. And um, and contribute to it if you can. Uh, which license is uh, the source code under? Uh, MIT license is okay. pretty permissive. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I, there's any reason to make money off this uh, mm-hmm. uh, off this particular library. And also, I'm not, you know, I, it, it it's not it's not a perfect networking library by any means. I'm still under a lot of heavy development, so. So yeah, I don't, and I and I don't have any. I don't need people to, uh, uh, to be. I, I think some some people are, are a bit nervous about GPL licenses um, because they're worried that they have to share their source code and stuff. So um, yep. So yeah, I just didn't want to uh, get into that. Absolutely, yeah. So on GitHub, you forked a repository called Space Team Lexicons from Secret Online. Who is secret online? Uh, what's this? Okay, well, let me. <laughs> secret online. I, I'm trying uh, so to that, deny it. Okay, yeah. So this is okay. That's something different. Uh, so space team lexicons are, uh, are um, uh, so this is another uh, reward um, for my admirals club uh, members. The admirals club is this is this uh, uh, sort of fan club um, patronage crowdfunding campaign that I'm using to. I'm trying to use to support myself uh, while, while I continue to make uh, games for free. Um, and so one of the rewards uh, is uh, is the access to the Lexicogulator, which is a, an online tool for making lexicons, Space Team. Uh, because what I realized um, after people had been playing the game uh, for you know uh, a few months is that is that the the core idea, the core mechanic of like shouting things to each other. Uh, it doesn't have to be sci-fi themed. You could, there could be all sorts of things. Like there's all every industry has its own uh, jargon and in jokes and and, uh, and phrases. And so you could make it medical themed or like pirate themed. Uh, 
or um, or you know make it on a yeah make it on a boat or 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 in in like corporate business buzzwords and so um <laughs> and so employee. people were suggesting oh sorry oh, I said fire employee uh, yeah exactly I mean yeah uh, uh, you know increase core competency um uh, synergize you know there's all sorts of these <laughs> ridiculous business uh, words and so and so people were suggesting that like what yeah, you should make a version of space team with just business jargon and uh, and you know it was, a, it was a cool idea, and I thought, yeah, it might be fun. But I, I didn't want to just rebuild Space Team uh, again and again and have you know ten different apps in the App Store uh, just rebranded because that wouldn't be it wouldn't be t- particularly exciting from a, a a game designer point of view. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it would maybe I could make money doing that or something, but it would <laughs> it would be kind of boring. And so I decided to open it up to the fans and let them make their own uh, phrases and lexicons and add their own words. And so. So if you if you join the Admirals Club, you can get access to the Lexicogulator, which which lets you build your own lexicon for the game, and play uh, and and you can re- completely replace the word list and uh, and share it with other people and play with your friends and uh, and uh, and people have been doing that and they've been sharing uh, different lexicons and and so someone decided to make a, uh, a I think this was before before I made the uh, the web tool for doing it. Uh, I think someone made a, a yeah get a GitHub project with just a, uh, this the example files like like the basic uh, the nouns and the adjectives and the and the verbs because I that's how it's set up in the in in the um, on the back end is just that there are just text files with lists of words. Um, uh, I mean now they're now they're JSON files, but uh, but yeah the idea is the same. Uh, so uh, and so he was just trying to make a. a uh, a repository with some sort of templates for making lexicons and then sharing it with people and people could add their own lexicons to that but i but it never really uh took off i like i didn't i didn't really support it because i had this uh had this new web tool uh, uh in progress and so now now that the web tool is out it's much easier to to manage and maintain and, and edit edit your lexicons uh so that's the story behind that um uh yeah i i can probably retire that uh that repository there. Um, yeah, so I was about to ask, how do you how do you get these these files into your game? But if it was never supported, then <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Well, those ones, I think at that time, I would just I would just uh, people would just um, uh, there was actually there was another web tool uh, that worked uh, in a similar way, but it was much much more low low budget, um, uh, and it would just generate some text files, and I would download them and then. Put them in the game manually, um, and I'd have to release a new update, which included them. But now it, uh, uh, yeah, it downloads from like a database and a server, and and you can and you can add new lexicons while the game is running and, and test them out and just reload in the game itself. So it's uh, it's just a lot more flexible now. Sounds like a lot of fun. I'm trying to think of which which lexicon I would want to create. Do you, do you have any ideas of what you'd want to make, Ian? Um, I mean, there's gonna be some weird industry that, or it could just be references to a bunch of other games or something. I don't know. That's there's a lot of options there. That's that's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. You can also just add add you know uh, a few a few private in jokes or something that occasionally will come up. <laughs> <laughs> in the basic game of Space Team, mm-hmm. uh, 
and some people have done that. I actually have actually been commissioned by other companies to make make customized versions just for them that have their own private languages in them. And you know, only only the employees of the company would would actually get the references. But uh, for team building exercises, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Uh, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, people use it for for in the in their interview process just to to test team fit and uh, and as team building exercises and as uh, and as I said, teachers and students use the game. And there was a family therapist that that used Space Team in his in some of his. How did courses. that one work? <laughs> I mean, I, I I only heard stories, but but I it was you know it was, I think it was trying to get families to 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 work together um, in healthy healthy relationships, and so he would. He would. They would play space team as part of this process, and it would, it would reveal certain things about them, and then they would talk about it afterwards. Uh, I mean, I was never, I would never witness to one of these. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that's, but, uh, that's very interesting. Yeah, he was super interested in using it, and um, and apparently there was a. Uh, I, I like telling this story, but there's a, a medical school I think associated with Harvard, some in some way that um, used it to train. Uh, ER doctors in high stress situations, they use the space oh, as part of the training right. yeah. <laughs> um, because uh, because it's a very high stress game, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I I can't I can't even play it myself for more than like fifteen minutes. But um, uh, but yeah, so I, I, there's some amazing things that people are doing with it, and and I think that's yeah that's one of the reasons I think it's it's still people are still discovering it and and still playing it because it's uh, it's quite a simple. Uh, idea and it's just a uh, the core mechanic is just is just shouting at each other and there are lots of uh, lots of uh, ways that that, uh, that works I mean people like to have an excuse to shout at their boss or, or their, <laughs> their, gra- their grandma or, or whatever and um, and so uh, so yeah it's uh, it had stuck around uh, so it was but yeah, again, that was quite unexpected. I didn't, I didn't plan to build like a, a, a platform here, but uh, it seems to be uh, what it's turning into. So there's another game that came out earlier this year um, in August called Overcooked. Have you had a chance to play it? Yes, yes. But yeah, a lot of people uh, recommended that while they're talking about it and mm-hmm. uh, my social networks. And so I, I have checked that out. That's super fun. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it had a surprising amount of depth for something that's so simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've been playing it with my my wife and and uh, our downstairs neighbor, um, and uh, and yeah, it's it's really fun. Yeah, uh, it has some parallels to Space Team. Um, it's absolutely, not yeah. supposed to like be verbal. Con- uh, it doesn't say that you know you need to communicate verbally, but you very quickly figure it out that you do have to communicate. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a restaurant is one of those is another one of those situations where there's a lot of uh, you need a lot of quick, quick responses, and there's a lot of custom like jargon that you use that that only people who work in restaurants would understand in the kitchen. Um, and and yeah, in that game, you you basically you, you have to follow instructions. You have to communicate really fast. They they run out. Uh, you have to last as long as you can. Um, but it, yeah, it's got a lot more depth. It's uh, and 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 similar to Space Team. Uh, every time you play, you think ah, oh, like if you lose, you don't blame the game. You blame, like you say, oh, okay, I know what we did wrong. We can try this, this. Okay, how about if you, we take turns and, mm-hmm. or, or and like in, in Space mm-hmm. Team, yeah, people say, okay, let's, 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 let's take turns. You go first, then you go, and then you go, and then and I'll go. And instead of all shouting at once, and, uh, and we can nail it this time. 
and it, that always breaks down. It never seems yep. to work for us. But uh, and in, and in Overcook, it's a similar thing. Like, say, okay, let's just start with buns. Like, we'll just get start with buns and put burgers on them. And you worry about vegetables. And uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting because everyone thinks they have their own their own way of running the kitchen the best and or how to optimize it. And, and every uh, level is different too. So like your strategy awesome, yeah. from one does not translate over to the other at all. Yeah, it's 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 great, everyone. Yeah, if, if you like spacing, definitely check out Overcooked. Yeah, um, the the reason I thought of it was you were saying that people have been using Space Team to do all these things, like you know, um, te- uh, do interviews with, um, and to kind of gauge um, that that connection there. Um, <laughs> and uh, we. When we were having people move in to be our roommates, um, we'd play Overcooked with them. Um, and we weren't, in, at first, intending it to be like this this process to figure out how good a fit they were. But um, we had one roommate that didn't, didn't work out. Um, and uh, they didn't mesh with us very well in Overcooked. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, and, see, uh, it, brings out, it brings out the true character of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's very interesting seeing how like high stress situations and communication in games um, like have so many parallels with uh, personality and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, have there been any other games that you've seen, uh, you know, achieve this? this uh, I don't know what the word is. Uh, concept, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yeah, well, the uh, the one that I that I always recommend to people is mm-hmm. uh, keep talking and nobody explodes. Yep. Um, oh yeah. That's the one where one person is the is is diffusing a bomb, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, originally I think it was it was a VR game only. So what that person had a VR headset and they mm-hmm. were inside a room with a bomb, and nobody else could see it, uh, and the rest of the people on their team uh, were the experts, and they they have to cooperate. To diffuse a bomb, but the but the person who could see the bomb uh, can't see anything else, and and the people the experts can only see a printed manual, and in fact it's it's a real printed manual. They don't have a screen, and they have to, and it's a very complicated manual with lots of different uh, operations and configurations. And so the person in in the room with the bomb has to say, okay, like this bomb has three buttons on it. One is red, and it says uh, and it says don't push, or or the six wires like blue, green, white, white, blue. And so the people with the bomb manual have to like quickly flip through and say, okay, does the bomb serial number end with a, an odd number? And then they have to turn <laughs> the bomb around and look at it. And, and it's this very similar kind of, uh, of coordination and shouting and chaos. And, um, and, but it's really, really fun. And, uh, and yeah, now they have versions that we don't need the VR headset. You can just play with a laptop or a computer or something. But um, and yeah, it's easy to set up, and there's in fact, and it's a multiplayer game. But you only need one device because the other players just have a piece of paper uh, or like a, a printed manual, which is genius because uh, they don't have any of the networking problems that I have, or the like discovery and like lag or, or desynchronization or disconnects. So it's because uh, yeah, those have been the bane of my existence making a multiplayer <laughs> game. That's why. I really don't like the fact that I'm making another multiplayer game, but I have to do it. Um, but yeah, uh, it was that was super interesting because not only is it a super fun game, but they they like they really like thought outside the box and started using other other material. I, I'm I'm really interested in in this uh, 
transition between digital and physical games um, and how they how they interact and and that's hybrid games so like things that are board games that have digital components or or digital games that use the real world in certain ways mm-hmm. uh, that are location based or or that yeah use physical objects so um, yeah I think we're going to see some pretty exciting stuff um, so yeah uh, Overcooked and Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes are my are my favorites um, and uh, there's a handful of others but there are um, but um, but yeah, there's still there's still I think uh, a real lack of games like that because because like cooperative gaming is super fun. I mean, uh, and a lot of people I think are intimidated by the competitive nature of online games. Like they like it turns so many people away. Like oh, I don't, I can't possibly compete with these pe- these people. Um, and uh, and and because it can be very intimidating, especially if you're not really a, a big gamer to you know jump into. Uh, game of overwatch or or something and 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 know what's going on uh and but if you're working together if you then uh, it's it's much easier for to get your friends to play or, or your family or, or people who don't usually play games and so i think it expands to new audiences and uh and it gets more people interested and excited about games and it can involve more people it's more accessible um so yeah i, I prefer those games um but uh but there's just there's just there aren't very many to choose from. So, your next game, this this other multiplayer game. How much have <laughs> you revealed about it? Have you talked about it yet? Yeah, I uh, I'm I talk, I try to talk about it as uh, as much as I can because uh, I've been excited about starting work on it for real uh, mm-hmm. for a, like a, a year or two now. Uh, and yeah, so I've I've shared a bit of information on my blog. Uh, but it's uh, it's been mostly in the prototype and design stages until now, and yeah, only just this week I've started to spend a couple of full days uh, getting started. So it's it's called Blabyrinth. Um, it is a uh, it's another local multiplayer game with the same kind of setup as Space Team. Um, so it's you know mobile devices, you know phones and tablets, uh, and you play in the same room with other people, two to four players. Um, I, yeah, I don't think this one will go as high as eight, which is uh, very chaotic in Space Team. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's going to be more complicated to have eight players in, in this new game. Um, but yeah, I was I, I, I'm just really interested in exploring this this uh, you know, this idea of games that feel more like board games and you play in the same space with people. And so I want to do another one. And uh, and so, but but instead of being all about chaos and shouting at each other, Blabyrinth is a, is a bit more a bit more quiet. A bit, uh, um, a bit more subdued. It's a, it's about, uh, it's a puzzle-solving treasure hunt escape room type of game uh, where you're mis- exploring a mysterious labyrinth uh, full of secret passages and hidden clues and and uh, treasures, and and you have to. It's going to have a lot of. It's not going to have any combat. There are no monsters to fight, um, but uh, but you have to work with with the other players on your team to to solve puzzles and find find the clues and find the find the treasure and then find the exit and um and so yeah i've got i've got a, a few sort of uh key ideas that i want to want to get in the game like one of them is that um uh, uh like each player uh will find a fragment of a, a treasure map uh, and so it might just be one corner and it'll show up on their phone screen and then 
And then when the whole team, when you get the whole treasure map, you have to put put the phones together to see the full map. So I'm trying to, I'm experimenting with um, ways of using shared devices like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there might be might be an, another instance where someone finds a, a clue that's in a, in a, a mysterious foreign language, um, and they can't read it. If you open it up on your phone, it's just gibberish. But if someone else picks the picks the uh, the clue up, then because they have the, some some kind of special ability or they're a translator, they can read it. So on their screen, it's uh, it's a, a clue that's directing them to the next the next piece of the puzzle. <laughs> um, so. Um, so yeah, I want everyone to have something to do because I, I I'm trying to solve this problem of like one player dominating the game mm-hmm. uh, that you sometimes run into with co-op games, um, and so everyone's going to have a, some sp- unique special ability that only they can do, and the puzzles will sort of uh, incorporate that so that everyone has has a a role to play, um, and um, and yeah, everyone will be will be exploring. Each person can see sort of one room of the labyrinth at a time, and you can you can. You can move around through doors, and some of the doors will be locked, uh, or have have strange keypads that you need to figure out how to get through. Um, and some of the puzzles are going to be sort of the familiar, um, like uh, dungeon puzzles, like in Zelda or something, where uh, you step on a pressure plate and that opens a door that I can get through. Uh, and so we have to work together so that I can get through the door. Or maybe you find a, a key with a sentence that rune uh, engraved on it, and then. Somewhere else in the level, someone else finds a, a door with the same rune. Yeah, I, oh, I saw that somewhere else. Um, uh, and then there's also going to be uh, mysterious diagrams that, that will play in and sort of riddles that you have to figure out. So uh, I'm playing around with all sorts of different types of puzzles, but it's going to be um, they're, they're, they're all going to involve yeah, sharing information and, and, and working together. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited about it. I think there's a lot of potential uh, to make make puzzles that seem familiar but, but because of this uh uh the local multiplayer aspect they're going to feel new and uh and different mm-hmm. and um um and yeah i think it can be and it, it's easy it's going to be easy to extend to add new add new types of puzzles uh in, in the future and new new different environments and and new set pieces that you can find so uh so i think it's uh i think i have a good uh uh, on paper, I think at least I have a good sort of minimum viable product, as as you mentioned. And but I think I've got it's got a good plan to expand it in the future, to add new things. So is it is it time based or is it more of a slow relaxed game? Uh, so I don't want it to be as urgent as Space Team, but mm-hmm. um, but for the so the first first part of the game, I th- it's going to be um, it's not going to be time based. You have you have freedom to explore. But then uh, uh, my plan is to uh, that when you do find the uh, the final treasure that you're looking for, it, there's going to be sort of an Indiana Jones type scene where you take it off the, the pedestal and and it'll and something will click and and the temple will start to collapse around you and you have to then you have to make it to the exit before the time runs out. So, uh, but until that happens, you you can explore as much as you want. So you can you can make it easier for yourself. Um, but I think I yeah I do want to have a slight sense of urgency there, um, but um, but no. I'm, for the most part, it's just going to be tr- trying to figure things out. Maybe there'll be a timed mode as an option. Um, uh, I'm not I'm not at that stage yet where it makes sense to uh, to make those kind of decisions. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, each each level will be uh, uh, randomly generated. So I'm, I'm I'm interested in procedural generation of levels. So it's going to be different every time you play, but. 
there's also going to be uh, room for uh, handmade you know, curated levels as well um, and so uh, so yeah I think there's going to be a lot of uh, get a lot of replayability out of the game yeah that sounds really interesting uh, you said that you've been posting about it on your blog yeah I, I, I posted a, uh, a brief uh, like overview of my my original thoughts uh, on my blog a while ago um, I haven't and I'm, I'm, I'm due to make another blog post now that I've started on it again um, but uh, but yeah, the, uh, the if you go to spaceteamadmiralsclub.com, um, there's a link to the blog there. I, I, I also update, along with version 2.0 of the game, uh, I, I have a brand new website, and so um, uh, it's uh, things are in a slightly different place than they used to be. But but if you go to the blog there, um, uh, you can find um, find the most recent post, and then you can go back in the in the history to find the older posts, I, and I think I have a link to it on the um, on the Patreon campaign actually, uh, because I'm because uh, it's one of the one of the things I'm excited about. Um, so yeah, I can I can I can post a link in the uh, in the chat channel for people who are interested. Oh, for sure. And it looks like uh, it looks like I need to fix the images uh, because of the transition, but yeah, I can do that later today. Um, but uh, yeah, let me go to the channel. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll be posting about it a lot more in the in the near future um, because uh, I'm now working on it again. I also have to do some space team support as well, so it's only sort of half half my time right now. But um, pretty soon it'll be it'll be full time again, and I'm I'm really looking forward to sharing more information as I as I build it and. And I mean, it's still it's still pretty early in development, so the game may change a bit. But I think I think I'm confident that most of the core ideas are, are solid, and I know how to sort of I know where the beginning, middle, and end of the game is going to be. I know the whole arc, and and how to get to the release. So I'm, yeah, I don't think I'll, I'll be. Uh, I don't think uh, this game will will uh, increase in scope that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you, aiming, uh, are you aiming for less than four years this time? <laughs> so the four year, I mean, it didn't take four years to make mm-hmm. Space Team. It's, I only, I, only, I built the original game in three months. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm hoping that I don't have to keep supporting it for that long. Um, and partly Unity will help with that because it's uh, it'll be easier to maintain and easier to extend in the future and easier to get help with. Like um, the original... The original Android version, for example, I couldn't even hire someone else uh, to help out with the Android version because it was uh, using this proprietary uh, system from from this other company. Uh, so, um, but now that uh, it's in Unity, uh, both Spaceman and Labyrinth are both sharing the same network code. They're sharing the same engine. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get help from the community. I can hire people to help out if I if I don't feel like I have time to support it myself. Um, and there are a lot of a lot of um, plugins and assets I can use to solve problems. Uh, uh, so, um, so yeah, I think it's going to be easier to manage. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah I, mean, be... I mean, for like six month of release uh, around that time, it might it might change, but uh, but I think I, I think I can probably get it done in about that time. Uh, you're talking about a, a final release in six months. Uh, yeah, d- I mean. Uh, I probably regret that, but yeah. uh, I, I'm aiming. I'm aiming for that. Um, uh, but um, I, I mean, I'm very open about 
about what's happening mm-hmm. in my development. So, uh, so if it changes, then uh, it'll be on my blog and and, and on the Patreon, and hmm. I'll post about it. Yeah. So your Patreon, you released this recently, and it's uh, to re- is it a replacement of the Space Team Admirals Club, or is it the new? N- the new way to uh, join it, I guess. Yeah, so it's uh, the yeah the original Admirals Club was the Kickstarter campaign that I did a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and but after the Kickstarter uh, like the uh, stopped running, um, you, yeah, you couldn't join officially because uh, it was only open for a month, and then uh, and then I raised the money, and then I've I've been I've been living on that money since, but um, uh, and I. You could still join if people really wanted to join. I, I let them join through PayPal or something. They could donate a similar amount as as the Kickstarter reward tiers. But uh, but there was it wasn't officially open again. And so now finally with the launch of 2.0, it's it's open again to the public and anyone can join. Uh, and but I decided that Patreon is is a better fit for my uh, for my sort of philosophy about releasing uh, games for free uh, instead of uh, being. Like a, a pre-order marketplace, like like people seem to use Kickstarter as, yeah. Um, and uh, and so Patreon is more in line with my philosophy about patronage and about supporting uh, people rather than projects. Um, the original Kickstarter was also uh, about supporting me, at, uh, continuing to make free games rather than a particular game. Um, and so yeah, if you if you like Space Team uh, and you want to see more local multiplayer games, then uh, then find me on Patreon. Um, and uh, and you can contribute uh, as, as little as one dollar a month, and you can become a member of the of the club. And there are a bunch of rewards, um, that, uh, including the uh, the Lexicogulator. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you can also you can also have, uh, have controls and medals named after you in the in the official game that will, that everyone will be able to see as a character creator. Uh, and you can get the soundtrack and ringtones and there's a bunch of digital rewards um, I'm no longer doing the physical rewards uh, that I did with the Kickstarter campaign um, because it's too expensive to mm-hmm. uh, to you know, buy them in bulk and, s- and mail them out yeah um, too. but um, but yeah you can uh, but there'll be I, I, I'm, I'm always trying to think of new ways to uh, to reward people without yeah without having to uh resort to physical physical goods so um so yeah that's the best way to support me going forwards um there's still going to be a tip jar in the game itself uh for people who aren't comfortable um you know donating monthly or um or supporting on a longer term um but uh but yeah i would like to i'd like to see the patreon grow and hopefully i can be sustainable and it's a lot more reliable as an indie uh to get something every month rather than rather than sort of lump sum and then and then having it as savings mm-hmm. um and i really don't want to put ads in the game or or charge money for it up front um because yeah like you said it's a space team is uh is kind of unusual game and if you had to convince your friends like uh, you describe it to them they don't really understand but you say just download it just give it a try uh that's really easy to do and it's free mm-hmm. but if they all had to pay a dollar to do it then i think it would be much harder to sell them on it uh so um so yeah, there are various reasons I want to keep keep my games free, um, and this is one way I can uh, I'm able to do that is if uh, is if people who like the game uh, contribute on Patreon. So, so yeah, tell your friends, join the Space Team Admirals Club. 
Hey guys, have you heard about the Space Team uh, Admirals Club? You should totally join. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that'll be uh, me at the next party. Just go around. Join <laughs> the Space Team Club. So we haven't talked yet about the Space Team card game at all, and I'm curious about that. Sure. How would you describe it in your own words, how you play it? Uh, well, it feels very similar to the digital game, actually. I, uh, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Um, I, didn't, um, I wasn't responsible for the design or production myself. There was another team that, that did it, but, they, uh, but I, I did some consulting and some playtesting, and, and I licensed the name, so, so it's, it's, it's just called Space Team. But, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a cooperative uh, card game uh, that you play with like three to six people like goes up to nine i think with expansions um and you sit around a table and there's a sand timer and you deal cards to everyone everyone has has uh, malfunctions that they have to fix um uh and and then they have tools that they share they share amongst the team and the tool and the malfunctions all require certain tools uh and so one might require just just a single tool or or like two or three tools and they're either referred to by name or by icon or symbol, so it's got that aspect of the of the digital game as well. And um, uh, but because there's a timer, it's a very short app timer. It's like five minutes or seven minutes or something. Um, um, the game plays out in real time. There's no turns. You play at the same time, and people are shouting to each other, saying, "I need this tool. I need this tool," or "I need something that looks like a, a weird vacuum cleaner with uh, like." funny lines coming out of it and uh and you have to so you have to manage the tools amongst your team and you have to pass them around to your neighbors you can't pass across the table directly you have to pass to the left or right and so that makes things a bit more complicated oh and uh and then one, but when, once you have the tools you need you you can put them down on the table and flip over the next card and you're you're trying to get through your stack your personal stack of malfunctions to find the success cards which are called system go cards and it's like Engine one systems a go, or uh, navigation systems a go, and if you find six of those, then you win the game. And they 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 make a spaceship on the on the table. You put them together as like a puzzle. Um, and um, and then there are also uh, anomalies, just like in the digital game, where something something crazy will happen. Like there'll be uh, like a man overboard. You have to like slowly drift away from the table and people have to pull you back or, or everybody have to or there's a short circuit and everyone has to put their hand on, on the card that's short circuiting and, and say one two three pull well now it's actually tool stuck there's a tool stuck card that you have to you have to get the whole team to help you pull out um, and there are other cards where you have to pass everything to the left and so it adds to the chaos and somewhere you have to change seats um uh, but uh, but yeah, so there's uh, all these random events that happen while you're also trying to fix the ship. So it's uh, yeah, it, it's pretty faithful to the to the digital game. Um, but all you need is a small deck of cards and a sand timer, and uh, and there's also there's also a soundtrack that goes along with it. So if you want if you don't want to play the sand timer, you can use this you know five minute MP3 file that has some. Uh, Thematic background music and uh, and a big alarm at the end that tells you when you've lost. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's available on Amazon and it's twenty five dollars. 
Um, it, you only get it in the U.S. at the moment, but but they they want to expand into uh, you know into other countries as soon as possible. Um, and yeah, there are a couple of expansions uh, coming out. Uh, one of them is a not like a not safe for work expansion, which is uh, <laughs> uh, has some kind of um, uh, yeah. It's I mean it's it's it, they they call they call it not safe for space. In fact, it's That's it's. There's some uh, some you know innuendo and um, and uh, suggestive themes I would say. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a brilliant name though. Not safe for space. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> and yeah, and then there's a regular expansion as well coming out uh, that that adds more cards. Uh, so if you've played the base game and you know all the cards, then it uh, adds a bit more variety. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun project to be part of, um, and I'm. Uh, I'm interested to see how how well it will do. It's uh, it's still only it's only been out for a few months so far, but it's uh, it was great. I was like I said, I love board games, and I, I've always been curious about how to translate it into a board game. Um, uh, but um, so I was very happy when when this team approached me and 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 asked to do it, and I was happy to to let them take the reins. Sweet. So you've you've teamed up with a card game. You've teamed up with a university to make an educational game. Yeah, that's right. Oh, wow, um, a lot more than you bargained for, I'm sure. Yeah, but uh, but it's been it's been good. It's all it's because it mm-hmm. it saves me like working with other people um, yeah. means that I I can focus on the things that I I want to do and I'm good at and and uh, and but it can means that the game is uh, is expanding and, and more people are learning about it and it's taking different forms and it's getting a bit of diversity. And so yeah, I'm, I think I think that's what I'll look for in the future is like in, interesting opportunities to work with other people. Um, yeah, there are, there might be, uh, and for example, like uh, uh, I've been talking about maybe making a Space Team VR version of Space Team, which um, which could be really cool. Uh, but uh, but because I'm trying to move away from Space Team, um, uh, I I'm not super interested in building it myself. But uh, but there's been s- a bit of outside interest, people who, uh, who might want to might want to take on that project, and so there might be a version of, of the game you can play with in virtual reality. But um, but I'll probably work with someone else to, to make that happen. Um, and yeah, and 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 now that it's in Unity, it means that projects like that are, are much easier. It's easier to move it to different platforms or or put it in different environments, um, and and it's also easier for other people to help out. So that's one of the one of the ways that this this big investment is is going to pay off, mm-hmm. um, and then I can I can focus on my new game while uh, while Space Team still lives on. Fantastic! So we're going to wrap up with the most important question: Where did you get your captain hat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's a it's a standard issue space captain's hat. Um, oh, of course. So, uh, I. I uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of like my trademark feature now. Um, although it will change, I, I believe that I've, I I may have done my last official appearance as Captain Space Team at um, at the XOXO Festival in Portland last month. Um, because uh, because now that my new game is is approaching, I have to develop some kind of new character to promote that game. <laughs> uh, but no, I got the hat is. Um, Although it uh, it seems like an official hat, it, it's it's in reality a um, a ten dollar costume store uh, <laughs> hat. Um, 
but um, but you won't tell anyone, right? I mean, that's oh, just between us. Yeah. It's it's between an us. official space team uh, captain. Hat. Yeah, it's 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 a standard issue space team oh. hat. Um, I mean, every captain gets one as part of their uh, initiation package. Yeah, everybody knows that. I, yeah, in fact, I did have a. You, you could actually have during the Kickstarter. Uh, there was uh, at the very highest of high of the high tiers. There was an option to get my hat. I think it was the eight thousand dollar option, so not everyone <laughs> could afford it, of course. But, <laughs> but it was uh, no one, and in fact, no one did. Um, but uh, but it was up for grabs. But uh, but now it's just going to be a collector's item, I guess. All right. So we're going to wrap up. Um, you can follow Henry on Twitter, uh, Engineer uh, or H Engineer, <laughs> as I um, said earlier when I completely missed the uh, the brilliance <laughs> of the name. Uh, he also has his Patreon, which is also uh, patreon.com slash hengineer. Uh, your site is spaceteamadmiralsclub.com. Uh, mm-hmm. And what else is there to uh, link to? Uh, well, the board game uh, is is playspaceteam.com. Okay. Uh, uh, it's also linked to from the main Space Team site, but, uh, but yeah, that's the direct uh, link to the board game site. Um, and and yeah, and space the space team site itself is spaceteam.ca, uh, but but that's linked from other places as well, and that has a link to the ESL site too, which I need I also need to update the ESL version of the game now that 2.0 is out. Um, so yeah, if you have problems with the ESL version, they will be fixed soon. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. If you want to stick around for a couple minutes afterwards, uh, that be appreciated. Otherwise, we sure. are going to go into the credits. Thank you for listening in to broadcast number 80 of Indie Radio. Indie Radio is broadcasted live with a thousand mics and recorded using Dossy. If you enjoyed the show and are interested in more, you can visit our archive at IndieFunction.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music. Our next show will be next weekend on October 15th with a selection of guests live from the IndieCade Festival. Thank you again for listening in to Indie Radio, and we hope you have a fantastic weekend.